Hello everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project with you. And my special guest for tonight, although it's morning in the UK time, is Soraya Barrera, who is International Miss United Kingdom. Soraya, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Would you like to pronounce your name properly for, um, as I told you, I can't roll my R's, but how do you pronounce your name? Soraya Barrera. There you go. Um, yeah. I'm not going to try rolling my R's because, as I told Soraya, I will end up spitting all over the screen. Um, guys, if you have any questions for Soraya, put them in the comments and I'll be sure to pass them on. I'm just going to read out Soraya's bio so that you guys can get to know her a little bit. So, Soraya has been in the pageant scene for over a year, currently holds two national titles. She is a former UK's National Miss 2021-22 and is a current International Miss United Kingdom. Soraya will be representing the UK at the International Ms. Pageant on September 10th in New York City. She is no stranger to the stage, having competed in modelling, bodybuilding shows for four years, winning two world bikini titles. Soraya started the hashtag Swap Your Tan campaign to bring awareness of the harm caused by tanning beds and is working to get them banned in the UK, as well as working closely with the charity Zoe's Law to get every mole deemed appropriate for removal tested. And obviously you can follow her on her handle there below. So Soraya, that's a lot to dig into. Why don't we start with the easy question. How did you get involved with pageants to begin with? So I've always wanted to be part of a pageant. So I remember the very first time that I watched a pageant was the Miss Spain pageant when I was eight years old. And, and I was fascinated. I wanted to be in a pageant like very badly. But at 12 years old, I stopped growing. So at five foot, I stopped. And obviously, my dreams of being part of a pageant were kind of like shattered. And I was like, well, I'm just going to be an audience member, just watching every pageant and enjoying it from the sidelines. Um, so obviously, I thought like pageantry for me was just that. Um, when I moved to the UK, I found out about bodybuilding. I was going to the gym and I was following a few YouTubers and saw that they were competing in bodybuilding shows and that there were no high restrictions to compete there. So I was like, I love the gym. And I've always wanted to be in a pageant. This is kind of a way to be on a, you know, on a stage, like doing a little bit of like a runway walk uh, in wearing a sparkly bikini. So what's not yeah. to like about wearing a sparkly bikini? <laughs> um, so that's how I started um, in bodybuilding. And there, I, one of the, the ladies that uh, does the spray tanning kept telling me every year that I saw her, you need to do a pageant. So I was, I was always dismissing her because I genuinely thought that pageants were as here in UK, whereas in Spain, that you had to be five foot five or five foot four to be able mm -hmm. to compete, you know, like there was like a restriction to be able to do it. So I kept like dismissing her every time, like you're crazy. I, I cannot be on a pageant. And during the pandemic, I, after obviously I had competed in bodybuilding for quite a few years and I was looking for, okay, let's, let, let me shut her up and just let's look at this pageant thing that she keeps going on about. Um, and I just look at uh, UK pageants and came um, across the Pageant Girl UK website. Yeah. So I started looking into um, all the pageants that they have and realized that they didn't have a high restriction. So I was like, okay. Let's do that. Let's let's give it a try. Let's fulfill my dream of being on a pageant and see what happens. And that was last year, and um, ended up competing at UK's national miss and winning, which was crazy to me because it was my very first try, my very first pageant. And obviously, that was like something that I just I was so happy about because I've been waiting for that moment for 22 years. So to me, that was amazing. So yeah, that's basically how, how I ended up in pageantry. <laughs> Just to clarify, how tall are you? You said you stopped growing at five foot. So are we yes. five? We're yes. five. Yes. Right. Yeah, five foot, 150 centimeters. <laughs> and in Spain, the most of the pageants, they all have height restrictions. Yes, the, ma the majority of them, they do. I think now they, they are introducing the petite system. But obviously, mm -hmm. it's just in the teen category, and it's only this year that has been introduced. So, yeah. Right. When when you found out, I don't know how long ago this is, but when you found out that pageants had these height restrictions, at least back then in Spain, mm -hmm. which ruled you out of competing from most of them, 
How did that make you feel? Um, a bit left out in a way, like discriminated, right? Because obviously you were thinking, why can I not compete in the pageant? Uh, who knows? I, I might be the best one there and I might have opportunities to be able to, you know, represent my country in an international stage and maybe bring the crown. I don't know. Um, then obviously found that everything is very tight to the modeling industry. Obviously they have contracts and things like that. So I understood that in that way until we kind of like break that barrier of having the modeling industry with that much height of restrictions, right? Because even for modeling, um, you need to be certain certain height. Um, it was not gonna happen to me, but yes, I feel a little bit like let down and ridicule in a way because I remember going to a casting once for a pageant um, and they literally, they laugh at me and they told me like, you're not gonna get anywhere. So it's better if you leave and you know, don't pursue this. Well, I think you had the last laugh on that on that yes. score. <laughs> I, I I mean, I sort of understand it when it comes to modeling a little bit more because let's mm -hmm. say clothes are designed perhaps mm -hmm. for a certain height yeah. and a certain shape. I would have liked to I would like to think that pageantry is different because pageantry, mm -hmm. yes, it's sometimes linked to modeling contracts. Often it's not. Um, when you got to go on stage for the first time in a pageant, mm -hmm. how, how did that feel? Oh, it felt amazing. Just because I was like, I am here representing in a way like every single girl that has been told you're too short or you cannot do something, you know? Uh, so to me, that was like, I'm here for myself and I'm here as well for every single tiny girl out there or every girl that has been told, no, you cannot chase your dreams because that's never going to happen for you. Plus, obviously, the audience was so encouraging. Um, mm. And I really fit from the audience, you know, like I can just do my walk and, you know, because I've been doing it since I'm little when, you know, they, when they told me like you cannot do pageants, I was going through the street and I was just like pretending this was my runway. So I can, I can hype myself up. But obviously when the audience is like cheering, I just feed up from that. And I just like become like, you know, like another, my alter ego, you know, like Beyonce and she has the, her alter ego that that would be me on a pageant stage. Your inner Sasha fierce. Yes. Does it, does it fuel you? Does it fire you up at all? I mean, given that you basically weren't allowed to compete in pageants because you didn't meet the mm -hmm. height restrictions. Does that fire you up to this day at all? Like when you go on stage, do you feel like you're doing it not necessarily for shorter ladies, but for anyone mm -hmm. who feels excluded from pageantry for whatever reason. Yeah, absolutely. Like size, height. This is why I was like so excited about participating in um, UK's National Miss because they were like celebrating any woman mm -hmm. that wanted to be part of a pageant, right? Regardless of size, height, color of your skin, absolutely anything. Um, so to me, that, that was it, like, I'm here for me and representing every person that literally cannot or have been told no um, when they wanted to enter a pageant. That must be a good feeling. I mean, yeah. you must have had, I imagine you must have had some sort of messages or comments from other ladies who, let's say, don't fit height restrictions in the traditional sense, yeah. that you're sort of representing them and being a bit of a trailblazer. Yeah, like lots of messages. And to be honest, I cried sometimes reading them. I'm a very emotional person, you know. So right. as soon as I hear like, um, you inspire just one person, that's just yeah. the best thing, you know, even just one. Uh, and I remember I posted a video recently, like a reel that I did of me practicing my walks and failing and falling and, you know, like saying it's okay, it happens. You know, you just need to stand back up again and just do it mm -hmm. for the next day and the next day and the next day. It's okay to fail. We just learn things. And I received like a couple of messages from that that literally made me cry so much because I was like, I didn't expect this happening from that video. But if I'm inspiring you to keep going, regardless if it's pageants or anything in life, that's, that's just means everything. Uh, now, you are about to, as I said in the introduction, head to New York City. Um, to represent your country in the international Miss system. I have interviewed a couple of ladies from memory from that system previously, but why mm -hmm. don't you tell the people watching or listening um, about the international Miss system 
and how all the uh, crazy life of pageant preparation is treating you. <laughs> yes, so um, this pageant came to the UK um, officially. Like, you could go um, in previous years, you could just like go at large, um, getting the title and, and go and compete. Uh, but this year we had um, the system within the UK, we have a director, and we were going to have the, the finals this year. That couldn't happen, unfortunately. Um, so I got chosen to represent the UK for the International Miss Pageant. And the reason why I entered is because, as I said, I was I was laughed at saying that I will never do anything within pageantry. I was not going to get anywhere. So obviously now having the opportunity to be able to compete internationally, not just like on a national state, but like internationally, um, that was giving me that little of like, you know what? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm going to take it. Let's see if I, you know, do well in the national and can go um, to the international and represent everybody. And then show like those people that laugh at me and put yeah. me down that it's happening. It might have taken longer, but it's happening. Um, so yeah, I got chosen um, to represent the UK. I cried a lot when I received the call from Lucinda. I'm not gonna lie I cried a lot I was doing my steps in the evening I was just like crying in a corner like in the middle of the street and the people passing by were like what is happening <laughs> like, crazy lady crazy lady crying here uh but obviously like they couldn't understand how much this meant meant to me um and the reason why as well like I chose the international Miss pageant is because one of the things that they do is they celebrate women of enterprise so women with businesses. Um, and I think it's very important nowadays to show girls, like women and girls in everywhere, that even though it's difficult for us to start businesses, because unfortunately loans and things like that are quite difficult mm. to be given to, to women, um, we can still do it, you know, like we can start small and slowly it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger with our work. Um, and I wanted to, to show that as well. You know, like any dream that they have, whether it's pageants, whether it's business, um, they can achieve that. So, yeah, I will be flying um, Tuesday, actually, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm flying to New York tomorrow. Wow. Um, and as I was telling you before, I've been stressed out trying to pack. I had a little anxiety attack and cried a lot yesterday because I it was like... It seems to be um, a recurring theme, Soraya, the crying. <laughs> Okay, I feel I feel less bad now because literally I was like, I'm such a drama queen. Why am I crying about packing? Packing, you know. So trying to get like all my outfits in my carry-on suitcase because I've heard quite a few stories lately about luggage being lost. Um, and I don't really want yeah. to. I want. I don't want the chances. So like trying to pack everything. Lots of ironing to do when I get to the hotel yeah yeah but it's been great so far like the whole journey here um we have a, a whatsapp group with all the contestants so we're just talking and planning everything we have had a few zoom calls with the current queens um lots of information given by the international director and the the the, the girls that take care of us as the finalists um we had the judges interview last week which is a bit interesting right because usually okay. like two weeks before the pageant having the interview yeah. is a bit, a bit unusual yeah, yeah a bit different so it was over zoom um great in a way because obviously you can be a little bit more relaxed and mm -hmm. stuff but um but yeah i've been rocking having to do that like two weeks before the pageant I don't know. I mean, you, you seem like the sort of person who would handle interview pretty well. I mean, what, what's your favorite part of the pageant? I mean, you love being on stage. Yeah. So what, why don't we start with, so you've done the interview already. Mm -hmm. So what are the different, um, what are the different competitive components when you go to International mm -hmm. Ms? What are the parts that you will be judged on? So, so many. So interview is 40% of the total score, which makes sense. Uh, then we have social media, which is 10% of the score. So obviously checking that you are active, that you're promoting the system, um, that you are out there. 10% um, yeah. is photogenic. So obviously the picture that we had to submit. Then we have another 10%, which is the introduction video. 
-hmm. That is something that they've posted in the YouTube channel. So if you want to go and watch my video, I will really appreciate it. Um, and um, and the judges watch that video before interviews so they can have kind of a, like an idea of who we are in order to kind of like get the questions around what we have already told them in the in the video. And then we have three rounds on the stage that are 10% each as well. So we have swimwear, fashion and evening gown. And then the top 10, once they select the top 10, there is a total of 45 girls competing this year, which is huge wow. amount. Okay. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> um, so then they're going to select the top 10, uh, which are going to step on stage. And then we usually there is an on stage question. But this year, because there is so many contestants and they need to make sure that the show runs smoothly, we need to prepare a 30 second um, statement to say. When, when we have to go on stage. And that's pretty much it. So lots of components that are judged that I'm not used to, um, but yes. The, the thing that immediately jumps out to me, Sarai, is the 40% for interview and then the other components, but basically the on stage part, you said 10% each mm -hmm. for three, yep. three different um, sections. So it's only 30% on stage. So 70% mm -hmm. of it, is off stage so that is yeah. that's different mm -hmm. very different from other other pageants yes so how have you f how have you found that because traditionally pageants uh it would normally be the reverse where it's majority mm -hmm. is you know let's say 70 percent on stage and maybe 30 percent off stage so how have you found it that there's a much bigger emphasis in this pageant mm -hmm. on the off stage components in terms of social media, I was okay with it because I'm very active on social media regardless. So even though it was not going to be part of the scoring, I would have done exactly the same that as, as I'm yeah. doing now. Um, as you can see, my Instagram, I'm very organized. I want to have like a certain aesthetics, like so my videos on one side, this picture's yeah. here and this picture's there. Um, but yes, like the whole thing about the the video, obviously, I was like, oh my God, I need to make sure this video is good because it's going to be certain mark, right? I do have a YouTube channel, so I love editing and I'm very particular. So I remember when the videographer sent me the video, I was like, no, no, we need to change things. And I was like, okay, this is what we need to change. This, 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 this. And then after 10 minutes, I start thinking, I was like, oh my God, I sound horrible. And I was like, please don't think that I don't like your video. I love it, it's great. I'm just like so particular because I edit my own videos. If you don't mind, I'm going to re-edit it and just put it as I as I want it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I ended up like re-editing the video and putting like certain things because I was like, I want a map. I want a map in my video that shows like all the countries where I've lived. Uh, and I want them like to pop here like this. Da, da, da. And he was like, oh, yeah. that, might take, that might take a while. I was like, don't worry, I'll do it. And I was like, yeah, 10 minutes is done. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I re-edited myself. It's okay. So that part was a bit as well stressful in a way because I didn't want to sound ungrateful because I was very grateful yeah. for him um, to do that and to film. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to have filmed like those um, scenes in London by myself. Um, but yeah, that was <laughs> basically one of the parts that was like, ooh, I'm becoming pageant Sila. I don't know, <laughs> Queen Sila. I don't know how to call it, but uh, and then the rest of the other things like photogenic, I was like, oh, fingers crossed that I sent a good headshot, um, mm. which is the one that I sent for this. So fingers crossed yep. that's a good one. Um, it's a lovely photo. And well, well, now it's just like, let's see, hopefully the judges will like everything that I've done. And there is not really much that I can do now than that 30% oh. on stage. Yeah, it's in the it's in well that seventy percent is in the judges' hands now, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's yeah. funny you mention about video editing because obviously I've edited videos quite a lot, and um, I was you also mentioned enterprise, which I love because I love mm -hmm. small business, I love mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, I love that spirit. Um, and one of the things I was considering was doing video editing for money, mm -hmm. hiring out those services, but I decided against it specifically because I knew there would be clients like you who would be like, no matter how well you do it, every time you send it to them, there's going to be another 20 revisions of, oh, can you cut this half a second earlier and cut this off at here? And then can you put this here? And then and like, no, 
just because yeah. it'd be like a five minute video and would be like five <laughs> months later. So I'm after hearing that story, I'm very glad, believe me, that I decided not to go down the video editing route. But you mentioned your YouTube videos, so, uh, your YouTube channels. So tell us a little mm -hmm. bit more about that, because slightly unusually, most pageant girls, a lot of pageant girls have toyed with the idea of starting a YouTube mm -hmm. channel, but they've done one video and then that's it. So mm -hmm. you have your YouTube channels. So tell us more about that. I started my Spanish YouTube channel um, after leaving Hong Kong. I used to live in Hong Kong. Um, and when I came back, um, my friends really liked the way that I was doing my makeup and obviously being so far mm -hmm. away. For me, it was quite difficult to just like be a text, well, text, no, sorry. Facebook Messenger, because I'm that yeah. old, you know, like we didn't have that. We didn't have WhatsApp or phones with like pictures yeah. or anything like that. Um, so I was like, I think the best way for me will be to film a video, like a, do a tutorial and send yeah. it to her. And I was like, okay. YouTube might be a good way. I can put it private. And then I thought, like, why why private? Maybe I can do it uh, public. And if I can help more people learn how to do their makeup, then that's awesome. That's great. So I started with, like, makeup tutorials, her tutorials, product reviews, and things like that. Um, then I started evolving to, ah, I want people to know about my life and what I'm doing on a daily basis. And I started, like, blogging things, blogging my trips, uh, my move here to the UK, everything that I've done, like, I even blog like the idea. I removed the carpet in my house and installed myself a laminate flooring. So I filmed all of that. And I was like, you know what? I just want people to know what I'm doing, like makeup, um, DIY things, travel here and there, the times that I'm crying and I'm not feeling well because um, when I do it, my bodybuilding um, yeah. blogs, there are times, you know, when you're hungry or stuff that you, oh, yeah. you just, you just, you just cry and, and you don't feel well. Or when I decided to stop competing, for example, because of um, people using PEDs like um, steroids, performance enhancing drugs. All, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember like doing that blog and just trying to be normal and then start crying. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna mm. cut it. I'm just gonna put it out there uh, because people need to see that you know, social media is not perfect. Like we are all yeah. humans, so I'm just going to put everything out there. Then when I moved here, obviously, most of the people that I knew spoke English, clearly, because it's the UK. So then I started my English channel uh, where I started like, uploading a few things. So my English channel is, is a bit smaller because I started it like a while ago and I'm not that that active in it. My yeah. Spanish channel is is bigger. So my, my reach in the... Um, Spanish-speaking community is a bit bigger uh, with people like in South America, um, like in uh, in the south of yeah. the United States and and Spain. Yeah, that's a huge that's a huge industry to break into is the Spanish mm. the Spanish-speaking audience. If I could speak Spanish, I'd be very happy. Um, just you don't have to tell us the entire list, but countries you've lived in. How many countries have you lived in? Because you just briefly mentioned Hong Kong, which I wasn't expecting. How many countries yeah. have you lived in? <laughs> Five. Five. Yeah. So I lived in New York. I lived in Paris, Spain, obviously, um, Hong Kong and the UK. Wow. Okay. And what made you decide to move to the UK? I'm assuming it's not the brilliant weather. <laughs> no. no, I was relocated for work. So I work in a, in a medical translation company. Um, and here, like right now, I manage in the, the um, European Life Sciences Department. And so when I was in, in Madrid, I was a project manager. So I was in charge of talking to pharma companies and medical devices companies mm -hmm. and find linguists to translate their, their documents wow, okay. and stuff. Um, one second, I have a hair from my cat here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, in 2014, um, one of our pharma clients wanted a project manager in the UK, like close mm -hmm. to them, so they could just go to visits and stuff. And I was the only one that didn't have any commitments, right? I didn't have a family, I didn't have kids. Um, so I, I got relocated to the UK. They asked me and I was like, yeah, 100%. Like, I love traveling. Um, as I say, it's, it's, I think it's because of my upbringing. My dad is from Colombia um, yep. and my mom is Spanish. So I've always liked, like, experiencing different cultures and living in other countries. So when the opportunity came, I was like, absolutely, send me there. I mean, it's not like the... The country that I'm most excited about. I would love to just visit other places with better weather. 
but um, <laughs> it's it's like it's like a way for me to explore other yeah. countries, being another culture, and I I always have time to come back to Spain. So yeah, move me around the country, I'll be happy. Is it true? Well, not what they say about Spain, because I'm assuming it is true. But siestas. But does mm -hmm. Spain actually just you all guys? What you go home and go to sleep in the middle of the day? I've never been to Spain, but this is what I've heard from my parents who went. Is that really the thing? Like, and all the restaurants shut, and you all go home in the middle of the day. It 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 used to be like that, like a long time ago, and then obviously you know like people start demanding like, why is this closed? I want to buy this. So now yeah. there are like shifts. So everything is open uh, usually at that time, unless it's a very small store that mm. they will probably close for lunchtime. And it's usually like you will close from one to three. So obviously you have plenty of time to eat and then to have a little siesta and recover and continue because obviously um, our stores close like at 10 p.m. at night. So imagine like if, like doing from 9am to 10pm yeah. with absolutely no rest in between. Um, that will be that will be too much. And also in the summer when it gets too hot. Yeah, you, you just need to lay down a little bit. And obviously, like our food is so good that you eat a lot and then you're full and you feel like, oh, I, I need, I need, yeah. a, I need a yeah. I was getting hungry just talking about Spain. So I was going to ask you for some favorite Spanish dishes of yours, because here in Australia, in Sydney, where I'm from, the food is very good, mm -hmm. but really the only Spanish I've really had is tapas. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's authentic Spanish because I've never been to Spain. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite Spanish dishes? Um, Spanish omelette, 100%, which is um, egg, potato and onion. And then you just make it together and they're like a really thick uh, omelette. That's really nice. Um, croquetas. Those are really, really good. And they can be made of absolutely anything. So you can have them from jamón, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just put absolutely anything in there. And now obviously um, all the chefs are innovating and adding like cheese and things inside. But that was really nice. Uh, it has like bechamel inside yeah. as well. It's yeah. so good. Um, then it's another, I don't know how to say that. Like, so in, in English will be like broken eggs. So in Spanish is huevos rotos. Basically is you have like a bed of, of chips. Then you have a serrano ham cut in pieces and then eggs on top. So then it's called broken eggs because the way that you need to do it is like you break the eggs and then the jolt goes everywhere and yeah. just mix it all together and eat it. And that is very good. It's just what raw eggs on the top of chips. No, it's, it's fried eggs, fried eggs. Oh, fried eggs. Okay. Fried eggs. Yeah. I have never um, heard of that dish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you say chips, do you mean like crisps, like out of the pack or French uh, no, fries? No, French fries, French fries. That, that's a different one. I don't know if I can get that here. I'm tempted to try it. I'm getting yeah. very, very hungry talking about food. <laughs> it sounds absolutely amazing. But yeah, tapas amazing. are great. If you ever go to Spain, I will 100% recommend going to the south, like Granada or like in the south mm -hmm. of Spain because there you can order a beer, a Coke, like a drink, and you get a free tapa. And the tapas are like big, like big. Like you could eat with just buying two drinks. Wow. I'm amazed you yeah. get the tapas for free. That's, mm -hmm. That doesn't happen over here, I can tell you that much. Yeah. I'm going to have to have to visit Spain. Yeah, but only um, in the south. So make sure that you go to the south of Spain. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. I'll ask you for some travel tips before I head over to Spain. Um, I want to ask you about your, just to change tax for a sec. So the hashtag swap your tan campaign. Um, how did that, uh, tell tell the people watching and listening more about it. Um, and I mean, Matt, did it start from your bodybuilding competitions where you got interested in it? Or tell us more about no. the campaign. So when I started pageantry, obviously one of the things that, uh, I mean, I knew it from like watching pageants, yeah. um, but I knew about like, it was like a platform. So you need to make sure that you advocate um, for something. Um, my sister, when she was 21 years old, got diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, so she had cancer. Um, and I was like, well, cancer is like everywhere nowadays. Like it's mm -hmm. like 
one every three people that will have cancer in their life. So I'm going to start like raising awareness for cancer and raising money for cancer research because I believe that it's not enough money going to research and taking into account, as I said, that is like the second cause of death in the world. Mm. We should just like invest a little bit more money to find a cure or better the treatments. Yeah. Um, and I started like, okay, maybe let's do every month like one type of cancer. Um, and in May is a skin cancer awareness month. So I started researching about a skin cancer and it like, to me, it was unbelievable the amount of people that got a skin cancer because of using sunbeds here in UK. Obviously, I'm coming from a country where it's quite sunny, so we don't really use sunbeds that much. Yeah. Um, and then doing some research, I was like, we need to start like showing, especially younger girls that want mm. to be tanned that there are safer alternatives that they can use to reach the color of the skin that they want, like that glowy color for the yeah. summer, that they don't need to go on a sunbed. So then I started, I was like, how, how can I make it appealing? How can I make it like something that people will want to, you know, be interested in and listen about? And I was like, oh, maybe I can call it like swap your tan. So swap mm. sunbeds for um, self tanners. Um, and because I, I was working with this tanning company, which is the spray tan lady that got me into pageants, um, yeah. I was like, I think this is perfect. Let's just try, start doing that. Let's just start uh, talking about statistics and um, why people you know, are, are getting um, skin cancer and producing sunbeds and, and get people talking about it. So at least even if we reach two people, those two people will stop using sunbeds. Um, I've met a lot of girls that had skin cancer uh, and that were willing to support my my campaign mm. with the Swap Your Tan, making videos on TikTok. Um, like the hashtag on TikTok is 1.1 million views already, which wow. is crazy to me. Um, That's amazing. Yes. And last year after winning my title, one of the things that I promised the judges is I was going to further this campaign. Um, and I started researching about like, okay, let's see, are sunbeds banned somewhere? And then realized mm. that Australia bans ban sunbeds, like you cannot use sunbeds in Australia. So I was like, and Brazil as well. So I was like, why cannot we do it here? Let's try it. I know it's going to be hard, but we need to, like, we need to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then doing some research and found the Melanoma Foundation. They had a petition going. So obviously I stopped promoting the petition that I started and helping promote that one because obviously that one already had a couple more signatures than mine. So it made more sense to push that one to see if we can get it to parliament to hopefully then start considering doing something about it. So just to clarify, because here, as you said, we I didn't know that we had banned tanning beds. I certainly hadn't seen them and that's I'm assuming mm -hmm. it's because they've been banned. Um, mm -hmm. Skin cancer is a big, was slash is a big issue in Australia because mm -hmm. we love going outdoors and we have lots of sun. Um, mm -hmm. A while ago, there was an ozone hole above us. So the sun was very direct. So there was yeah. a big, we're always talking about sunscreen over here. We've got lots of campaigns run by the government to be sun safe. They say slip, slop, slap. There's something else now, but it was slip on a shirt, slop on sunscreen and slap on a hat or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so tanning beds and then, which I haven't seen a lot of in pageantry. Um, and then there's obviously the tanning creams, tanning mousses, tanning, tanning foams, mm -hmm. all that other stuff. So tanning beds, dangerous, mm -hmm. but the tanning foams and the other self-tan products, they're safer or they're completely mm -hmm. safe? Or does it depend on the product you use? They are, I mean, from the ones that I've, that I've read, the brands that I've read, they are safe. The, the ingredients that you have in, in, in the mousse are really good. And they even mm. have like nourishing um, yeah, like moisturizing and moisturizing like and stuff. Mm. Um, so they are really good. As I said, one of the things that I wanted to make sure when I was doing the campaign is like, you're not gonna be a numpa lumpa. You're not gonna be orange. Like when I first tanned myself when I was sixteen, yes, that was the case because self tanners were horrible. They were bad, oh. really bad. Uh, but obviously, as with everything, with time. 
uh, research has happened in the, in these products and they have evolved and they are way better now. So you have like so many different uh, brands out there that are doing self-tanning um, and they're really good ingredients. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've noticed a difference, let's say from Spain, where obviously you guys have mm -hmm. more sun, but I have noticed that girls from the UK seem to generally not be as sun aware or mm -hmm. as aware of the dangers of melanoma, for example. And I say this because, I mean, I just got back from Texas, the Galaxy pageant, and you, the, the previous Galaxy International pageant back in 2019, you would see the UK girls just go out in the sun, no sunscreen, no nothing, and just get completely roasted. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they call it the lobster, um, yeah. which obviously is highly unhealthy. Have you found that there's a general lack of awareness of the dangers of not only the tanning beds, but just of dangers of the sun in general. 100%. In 100%. So this is why as well in my stories, I'm, I'm telling like, I'm going to do my walk, but look, sunscreen, make sure that you put sunscreen everywhere. If you have a cap, make sure that you put it on if you're going to mm. be out for a certain amount of time, because obviously the head yeah. gets like all the sun. Uh, and especially even when if, if it's like overcast outside, the sun rays are still coming through. So you still need yep. to protect your skin. Yep. Even if you're in the car driving, I mm. have like uh, sunscreen. I just put a story the other day, like, look, I have sunscreen in my car because when you're driving for a while and you start feeling hot, then you need to start applying sunscreen yep. because there's even worse. It's going through a glass. So yep. it's like magnifying the effects uh, of, of the sun. Um, and yeah, absolutely. This is something that even like in Spain, um, we used to see with UK um, tourists. They were mm -hmm. like literally like lobsters, as you said, like walking around and you're like, oh my God, yeah. like you need to think like it's so hot that we can fry an egg on the concrete floor. Yeah. Yep. So if you can fry an egg, what are Imagine you doing Imagine what to it's your doing skin? to you. Exactly. So do you when you're promoting people to move away from the tanning beds or trying to get them outlawed do the girls or do it does anyone say oh but it, it is there any reason to use the beds because as i said i don't tan does do people think Some, it gives them a better mm -hmm. tan or it's an easier way of tanning or is it cheaper is it are there any perceived no, it's benefits it's not cheaper okay so that's gone so why would anyone then want to use the bed because i'm assuming there must be a reason I think the majority of the times is uh, because they don't want to wait for the tan to dry and they don't want to just have to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that I, that I tell them is like nowadays, the tanning lotions and the self tanners have a fast drying um, ingredient in it that you just dry really fast. There is even like a um, little like powder that you can just quickly like put on top for you yeah. to dry faster. Yeah. Um, it's literally going to take you, well, I mean, it takes me five minutes because I'm short, right? So there is less less body to cover. But <laughs> it's going to take you, what, five, uh, ten minutes to apply and then another three minutes to dry. If you yeah. think about, like, you having to make the drive, usually, to your tanning bear's place, yeah. park your car, get into the tanning place. Maybe you need to wait because there is someone on the sunbed. Then mm. going into the sunbed for whatever minutes you're going to be there, come out, get into your car and back to your house, that's way longer. And it's going to be more expensive at the end of the day. Because to reach oh. the color that you want, you're going to yeah. have to do multiple sessions. Whether with a self-tanner, you can just put a layer. It's not dark enough. You put another layer. Maybe the next day you can just put another layer and then that's it. Yeah. Well... I mean, in Australia, we certainly get by without the tanning beds. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, exactly. Get more... And the biggest uh, self-tanner brand, Bondi Suns, it's from Australia. Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I yeah, we need to be it... careful. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to awareness. Um, we're very mm. sun aware in Australia, and that's because there's so much sun. I would guess the UK simply because there is no sun. There is that no sun. That sun awareness wasn't really a thing, and except for this year, which, I mean, that must have made you feel what well, like homesick. Yeah, <laughs> forty was degrees, like, oh, wasn't it? I was like, I'm not used to this weather anymore. Like in terms of like heat, I am very British now. I go to Spain and it's like 
12 degrees or 13 degrees and I'm like, oh, it's so hot. And my mom, put on a jacket. I'm like, it's so hot. And then it gets to what it was here, 40 degrees. And I'm like, oh, I'm dying. Where is the aircon? We don't have aircon here because That's we don't the see thing that I couldn't weather. understand was that the Brits don't have air conditioning because it's never hot enough to need it. In Australia, <laughs> we couldn't survive without our air conditioning. We yeah. have reverse cycle air conditioners that also can heat. So mm -hmm. it was bizarre to me that the Brits didn't have air conditioning and then no, it's just not a thing. It's like, well, you got yeah, it in your car, surely. So yes. just put one in your house. <laughs> I know. That's, that's what I, I it, it shocked me as well, the first time that I got here. Um, but yeah, there is, it's just one or two weeks of hot weather and then that's it. So they are like, well, it's not worth the, the investment. But then, yeah, you go, I go to Spain and I'm like, I need the air con. Yes. Yeah. Give me, it's hot, it's hot. But yeah, people need to be more conscious because even if it's um, cloudy most of the times here, um, the uh, global warming, it's really impacting the ozone layer. So it's thinning <laughs> every single year. So yeah. we need to be sun safe. Yeah. For us, it was part of um, school education. So we were actually mm -hmm. taught about it in school, which is I think a really, really good way of doing it. Um, so you said you're flying out to the new to New York tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So are you going to be able to have any time off to enjoy yourself, or is it just going to be over there, do the pageant, and then fly straight back for work? Because last time I was in New York, I had New York pizza. <laughs> I tried all the food. I'm talking about food again. Yeah. Um, if you can notice a pattern, but are you going to have time to enjoy yourself at all whilst you're over there? Yes, yeah, so obviously I'm arriving two days before the pageant events start. Um, and then I'm just going to stay there um, after until Thursday the following week. My mom and my aunt are flying from Spain to come see me compete. And it's my mom's 60th birthday. So oh, wow. we were like, oh, let's just stay longer and then let's explore the city and let's celebrate. So I'm really excited for that. I think that's why I was panicking, right? Because I was like, I have like all my outfits for the pageant. But then... I don't have any clothes for the days after. I'm just going to have to wear a gown to just walk yeah. around the Fifth Avenue. I don't know. Yes. Well, I mean, it's New York. You can do whatever you want. I had the same problem in Texas because after the pageant, the Galaxy pageant was over, they wanted to go out for dinner. All I had were my suits. So I went to this Mexican restaurant with them dressed in an all-white suit. And they're like, wow, you dressed up fancy. I'm like, this is all I have. It's either this or I'm going around in basically my pajamas. So you'll be fine. I mean, New York yes. is, you know, very fashionable. So just go out decked in your gown. You'll be fine. Um, happy birthday to your mom as well. That's, that's, has she been to New York as well? Has she been to New York? She's been to New York with me when I was li well, little. I was 12 years old. Um, so it was in the 2000, in the year 2000. So she hasn't been long, since. Yeah, it, it would have changed a fair bit, I imagine, mm -hmm. um, since then. Um, Soraya, just before we get to the final questions, is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to for supporting you? Um, I, well, first of all, like absolutely every single person that comments on my, on my post that sent me the, the, the DMs. Like literally that is what keeps me going. Like yesterday after I had the panic attack, like the comments, like it's gonna be fine. I was like, okay, yeah, it's fine. <sighs> or like, you know, like I really wanna do the UK proud. I wanna make sure that everybody is proud of me being the representative in the international Miss pageant. So just all the comments um, are keeping me going. So thank you very much. Because even if you think that I don't see the comment, I see absolutely every single comment. And then, of course, I need to shout out to my coach, Harriet and Sarah Lane that have been there for me, like every single step of the way. Um, yesterday, I jumped in a call with Sarah when I had like my little meltdown and calmed me down a little bit. Um, Harriet is coming with me to New York. Oh, so wow, okay. it's going to be great to be able to have someone there um, just, you know, like to feel a little yeah. bit more at home and having as well someone else in the audience cheering. Yeah, she loves her food as well. So if you do want to go and eat anything, I'm sure she'll be happy to help you out. Although I'm not sure you could have picked a coach with whom you have a larger height difference. I know, it's with so Harriet. funny. It's so you would funny. look like her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, do you remember that movie? I don't know if you remember that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny, and Danny DeVito. DeVito. You're Danny DeVito. That's 
That's us. I, that's us. I would say you're, you're you're better looking than Danny DeVito, but that's not saying much. Um, but yeah, you could get some very interesting photos with that. You probably have to have the phone portrait wise, not landscape. Yes, I'm gonna have to get a ladder to take the pictures. I always rub it in her face that I'm a little bit taller than her. So as long as I'm a little bit taller, like I'm like a half an inch or something taller than Harriet. Um, mind you, that's before she puts her heels on. When she puts heels yeah. on, then I, I think that's cheating. But um, for those of you watching and listening, this is Soraya's Instagram account. So Soraya underscore I-M-U-K. Um, so go give her a follow over there. Uh, okay. Soraya, let's get to the final 10 questions. Ooh, okay. uh, you watched my interviews before, so they're exactly the same. So, yeah, probably one, I I'm not going to have answers. I'm no, ready. You've you prob probably been too focused on packing and, and having your meltdown. Uh, number one, what is your favorite word? Moflete, which is chicks in Spanish. Chicks. Chick, yeah. How do you say it again? Moflete. Wow. I never would have guessed that meant cheeks in a million yeah. years. All right, yeah. number. What, why is that your favorite word? I don't know. I think it's like it's cute and just like the the sound of it is nice. And um, that's yeah. that's why okay. I named my cat Moflete because it's just like I don't know. Huh. It's just like I don't know. Uh, you okay. know, like when you're when you're younger and then the grandmas come like and do this. Ah. I don't know. Yeah. I just love that. <laughs> do you do that to your cat? Not really. I don't pick him, but I go like, oh, we'll flat Okay. All right. Uh, number two, what is your least favorite word? Uh, I don't think I have a least favorite word. You don't hate moist? No, no I know a lot of people say that, and I keep yeah. forgetting about that, and I just say it because it's like direct translation from Spanish, and they're like, oh, I hate that word. I'm like, no, not for me. All right. Number three, in life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? People that is very driven, that have mm -hmm. goals and really want to work hard, hard to pursue them. What turns you off? Um, unkind people and people that will just be, you know, like making nasty comments on people's Instagram posts without knowing them. I, I that, no, I can't with that. Question five, what sound or noise do you love? There's two noises. So one of them will be kids laughing. Mm -hmm. I love it. That makes me super happy when I hear kids laugh. Um, and the other one is just like, you know, radio voice. I don't know. I, there is something like of listening people on the radio that I really like. Any voice in particular, like a, a man's voice, a woman's voice, or? Yeah, I think it's like the, the man's voice, like similar to to you, like this thing that goes like yes, uh, uh, that kind. I've, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I've been told. I, I've been told I have a radio voice. So okay, yeah, that's what you mean. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like being told you have a face for radio. Is the ultimate insult. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, nails on um, on a chucking oh, board. Ugh. Ugh, can't. Uh, question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? I would say teleport because I travel so much that mm. sometimes, you know, when I'm doing makeups halfway through the UK and I need to drive back home, I'm like, oh, I wish I could teleport and just be, be home. I think a lot of us wish that, especially after yeah. the pandemic, that we can just travel everywhere with the click of a finger. Oh, I could just go with all my suitcase without worrying about weight or anything, and I, w I wouldn't have had my meltdown. <laughs> yes, very, very true. There probably would have been another meltdown. I mean, it's not a pageant without a meltdown somewhere. So if there hadn't been a meltdown about the packing, there probably would have been a meltdown somewhere else. Uh, question eight, what job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? I think flying a plane. Hmm. I would love to, I don't know, like such a big thing and just be flying and be able to see from row the sky. Well, I've done that. I can tell you it's a very cool feeling. 
So yeah. definitely, cool. definitely recommend. Uh, mm -hmm. Question nine, what, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Pilot in a way as well, but like, I think like any job that requires having people's lives in my hands, I think that such a high responsibility, I won't really want to. <laughs> okay. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? There is unlimited sushi and you can relax now. <laughs> Wouldn't be a pageant interview if we didn't talk about food. Is sushi your favorite food? <laughs> it's my favorite food. I love sushi. Well, that's something that you have in common with Harriet as well. She's crazy about sushi. What what sushi do you like to? I mean, there's so many different types. I had yeah. I had sushi the other night. What well, what's your favorite type of sushi? Any, absolutely anything Any. that has no. I mean, I'm not a big fan of those. Like now, these sushis where they put like cream cheese on it and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, I yeah, really no. like. Yeah. I really like the the, the, the real regular, sushi. The real yeah. sushi. And my favorite one ever was one that I had uh, when I visited Tokyo. It was like mm -hmm. the, the fish was so fresh. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. It was so good. I went to a Japanese restaurant just yesterday because it was Father's Day here. And it was a very fancy, some very interesting food. Have you ever had the chowan mushi, the steamed egg? No. When you were in Tokyo? Oh, no. It was it was absolutely. And we had mochi as well. That was amazing. Oh, I love green, mochi. Green tea mochi with sorbet that was absolutely no, i'm getting hungry Ooh, that that looks nice well sounds nice i, I can, well, I can send it. you a photo of it. Really I, nice. I, I took <laughs> photos of it. So i can please well, you, yeah it might make you hungry um anyway soraya that's about it so thank you so much for coming on and best of luck over in new york thank you so much for having me this means a lot like being able to talk to you and just share my story and yes i cannot wait to see what's gonna happen <laughs> Absolutely. That makes two of us. Well, I'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. But thanks, everyone, for watching or listening. And we will speak to you next time. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident and impactful queen possible, head to the pageant sorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video. I'm not afraid to